What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I'm a Dream Mason, a performance coach. I work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want, get real about what's in the way, and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom, and success in their life. Together, we get things done faster, raise the bar on your goals, improve your relationships, and get crystal clear on what you really want. Now, if you haven't already, Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube, and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a dream mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, Accomplishment Coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. Today, we have a ninja on the podcast. Um, so you're probably not going to hear a lot. He's super sneaky. Um, he's bouncing around. He's climbing over the walls of the studio. Uh, no, but realistically, uh, we do have a ninja, but he's a podcast ninja. I think the most impressive thing about this podcast, I don't know if our guest today is the youngest person to ever be on the podcast. Um, but if he's not, he's, he's pretty close. Our guest is Apple Kreider. Apple is 20 years old. He's in his last semester at the University of Wisconsin. He's the host of the Young Smart Money podcast. He's a public speaker. He teaches people how to generate six figures in 90 days through podcasting. He also, his, his like kind of main talk or the thing that he goes out and talks to people about is how to create a top 100 business podcast in six months. And I mentioned he's a college student. He also uh, is really focused on digital marketing, how to help people create funnels and grow funnels and make money through the internet, and just how money works. I'm I'm already impressed, and I just announced him, but uh, or introduced him. But Apple, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Alex. It's a pleasure. My ego didn't need to get any bigger, but I, I do appreciate the intro nonetheless. <laughs> Before we get jump into it, so. Because I've like looked at you online and and I, I saw you you know through the through uh, the video chat, you always wear a headband. Is this part of the ninja thing or is this like just you know? You know, it's just at this point, it's just branding, but I actually started wearing the headband. Um, not this one in particular. I've got a couple, I've got like 10 that I cycle between, but I started wearing it like sophomore year of high school, just like out of the blue one day. I just wanted to change it up, so I threw on a bandana, went to school, and, and just sort of like kept doing it ever since. So now it works really well for branding. When I go to events, people know me as the kid with the bandana and the crazy hair, but 
um, it's just something that I like and uh, keeps things interesting. I have a really funny and kind of sad story about uh, bandanas. So when I was in junior high, a friend of mine, I grew up in LA, uh, a friend Mm -hmm. of mine was wearing this bandana and messing around. We're in like sixth grade, right? Sixth or seventh grade. So what, we're like 12 or 13. He like puts the bandana on me. And the next day, and like I wear it around, it's kind of a joke, right? It's like we're just Mm -hmm. playing around. And the next day he comes to school and we were like, popular. We were like athletes, you know, it wasn't, and he shows up and he goes, Hey dude, um, that bandana that you wore yesterday, like we got like a problem. I hope you probably didn't say it like this. Cause I don't remember how people we talked when we were in sixth grade, <laughs> but, and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, so my friend's older brother saw you and he's in like the bloods and that bandana was blue and he wants to come to school and kill you. And I'm like this 12, 13 year old sixth grader. And he's talking about, you know, somebody that's like 18, 19 for a good 24 to 48 hours before somehow this, you know, vanished like everything else that happens when you're that age. Um, I think it was the most scared that I've ever been because I put on a bandana. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Never Um, had an experience like that. (laughs) I mean, man, you're in the Midwest. You don't have, you know, bloods and crips in Wisconsin. (laughs) I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Um, (laughs) but okay. Awesome. Dude. So how are you, let's just like start it. Like, how are you 20 years old going to college and got all these side hustles and, and they're not even side hustles. They're like full on businesses that you're generating more money than people twice your age. Like, like I said to you before, when we were talking, you know, when I was in college, I was like just trying to get laid and like, you know, get (laughs) through the day of like, so I could graduate and like have fun. For sure. And I mean, there's, there's gotta be room for that as well. But from a very young age, I was always just very cognizant of like what I could be doing today to put myself in a better footing for tomorrow. Um, that started off with like learning about investing. I'd been working part-time jobs since I was like 12. My uncle owns a campground. So basically the, the, as soon as I was old enough to take someone's money and put it in the cash register, he had me over there um, doing work for him, mowing lawns and, and working a store. So um, been making money for a long time, had been saving it up, was looking for a better use for it. So that's how I first got into investing. And that's what introduced me to the whole world of like personal development and bettering my life and preparing myself for the future. Because before that, I was, I mean, doing the same thing, man. I was like 16 years old, just trying to live my best life, like do some drugs here and there, like go out, party, all that good stuff that, that high schoolers do. But when I got introduced to, yeah, the world of personal development and, and personal finance, I was just like revolutionized. Like I didn't realize there were these things that I could be doing today that would put me in a better place for tomorrow. So from there, I just really went all in on personal finance, started a YouTube channel where I was teaching people about like ways that they could start building their credit at a young age, start investing. Um, because my friends didn't want to listen to me. Like I was telling them this stuff. They were like, dude, chill out. I'm 16 years old. I'm just trying to party. I'm just trying to smoke some weed. Like, I don't need to think about this kind of stuff right now. And I was like, that's totally great, but I'm going to just talk about this, put it on the internet. And if you want to watch it, you can, if you don't want to, that's great too. So started doing that. Um, and that sort of transformed into me starting this sort of like social media agency, which is actually really funny because throughout all of high school, I was the kid that was never on social media. Like Snapchat and and Instagram were just getting big when I was in high school. And I was the one kid in my class that just refused to do it. I was like, if y'all want to talk to me, you can come talk to me in person. Otherwise, like, I don't, I don't need this stuff in my life. So it's kind of funny how now I'm doing a lot of stuff on social media, but back then, like four or five years ago, when it was just popping off, I was like, I I didn't want anything to do with it. (laughs) What was, you said when you were like a teenager, you, 
you were started getting money or creating yeah. money through working like for, you know, friends, family, neighborhood stuff, mm-hmm. whatnot. And then you went into and like created your first investment. Do you remember what yeah. your first investment was? Yeah. So I started off investing in the stock market just because that was something that really had me fascinated. Once I realized that I could buy pieces of companies, my mind was just blown. I was like, I thought that was only like stuff rich people could do. But then I realized that I could buy a share of of Apple stock for under $200. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So uh, the first investment that I made was actually in Apple. Um, I bought just a couple of shares of Apple stock. I opened up a Roth IRA, which is a, a, um, a retirement account for those of y'all that don't know. Um, so I opened up a Roth IRA, bought some Apple stock, put it in there and was off to the races. But I was so confused when I got started. I was on <laughs> uh, a phone call with the support people at Fidelity for literally like two hours trying to figure out what the heck I was doing. Cause I was just like, I want to open an account. I want to start investing. And I had no idea how to work the website. I didn't know what a Roth IRA was. I was just like really going in blind, but got on the phone with them and they, they coached me through it and really <laughs> helped me out over at Fidelity. It's really interesting to think about like, how old were you when this, when you did this? I was probably like 16 at that point. It's yeah. And that's kind of what I was figured in the timeline. But what I think is really interesting is, especially in America, specifically here, we have such a focus on acquiring things, right? Like getting the new iPhone, getting a, a nicer car, like going to nice yeah. restaurants, like just all these, all this spending money over investing now. Mm. Right. And it's probably, it's part of the problem we have as a country, right? Like so much debt, all these things, but I think even as a young person, it's even more so, right? Because you, as a young person, a lot of the things that we're up against are like what our peers, like how they view us and the opinions of other people. And I don't remember like a lot of 16-year-olds being like, I want to put my money into investing. (laughs) And there's some, right? But And you're not the only one. But what do you think was up with that mindset that had you be like – no, I'd rather do that than, you know, spend my money on, you know, whatever 16 year olds typically spend their money on. Yeah. So something that I've noticed about my life and that my parents especially have told me time and time again, is that I'm the type of person to really observe a space before I enter it. So to give you a quick example of what I mean by that, like first day of kindergarten on the playground, I was the kid who was standing on the sidelines. I wasn't playing with anyone. I wasn't on the swing set. I wasn't playing basketball. Like I was just standing by the fence watching everything. And that lasted for about two weeks. But then after two weeks, I knew exactly who I wanted to play with. I knew exactly what I wanted to do with them. And I knew exactly like what I wanted to do on this playground. So then from that day forward, I was always involved. I was always doing stuff. I was with the group of people that I knew I wanted to be with. So that's something that I sort of carried with me throughout my life. Like I will observe something um, sometimes for a pretty long period before I'll actually get involved. But I want to know what all the moving parts are, what all my options are, and all the things that I have available to me before I take an action. Because I want to make sure that when I take an action, I'm taking the best action. And sometimes that comes back to bite me in the butt. Sometimes it takes me too long to act on something because I really want to evaluate what all my options are. And that's something that I'm trying to get better at right now. But that was sort of my philosophy with money. I I was holding on to money. I I wasn't a natural spender just because there weren't a lot of things that brought me fulfillment um, as far as things that I spend my money on. And there still really aren't. I mean, the only things I spend my money on these days are traveling to go to events, um, traveling for, for vacations, food, and my business. Like other than that, I don't really buy things just to buy things. So that's never really been something for me. And I know that's, that's not the, the normal uh, American uh, mindset, but I've just been always very cognizant of how people interact with money, especially my parents. Like 
I was always watching my parents at the store, what they were buying, um, how they were choosing what to spend money on, whether they said something was cheap or expensive. I was always very conscious of that. And I think that just carried forward with me um, into me being very much um, the type of person that just didn't want to spend my money until I knew the absolute best thing that I could do with it. And I really didn't find that thing until I landed on investing and realized I could use my money to make more money and just build my wealth sort of in the background. Money is like a really weird thing, right? Because it's just paper with ink on it. There's, you know, or it's like ones and zeros digitally, but there's not, there's not actually anything there. It's, it's something that we've given power to that we've given applied value to, right? We could have said rocks are money instead of paper. We could have just (laughs) made it up like that. It's totally made up. Do you have any thoughts about like why people are weird about money? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, there's just so much psychology wrapped up in in the way we interact with money. And, and that's sort of why I, I made it my focus to teach people about this stuff, because a lot of times like you can know logically what the right thing to do with your money is like, you can know logically you should be saving and investing your money, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it. I mean, humans are irrational beings on so many fronts. So like, just because you know, that's what you should do. That that has no, no impact on like whether or not you actually do it. So that's sort of why I wanted to educate people on their options and and what they had available to them, just because money is this thing that's, that's really going to impact our lives, whether we like it or not. I mean, money is going to be a quintessential aspect of your life. It's going to provide you with so many opportunities and really structure the the different paths that you're going to be able to take in your life. So I think it's really important for young people, especially that we take control of our money. We take control of our emotions and not let our spending decisions, our investing decisions be driven by emotions, but instead try to incorporate more logic. Like we know what the right thing to do is like, it's not that hard to figure out um, how to start investing your money, but that doesn't mean that people are going to start doing it. So I, I think really tapping into the psychology aspect is, is really important. And I'm glad you brought that up because again, there's, there's so many things that like, we know we should be doing, like, you know, you should be working out at least three times a week. You know, you should not just be eating stuff out of a bag all the time, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it. So I, I think it's really important to touch on that as well. And that's one of the things that I really try to emphasize with people is like how important it is to get a, a real grasp on, on not only the, the, the actions, but, but the sort of psychology that goes into those actions. I want to build on what you just said too, because you, I love that you put in like logic over emotions when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And I think a way to, to take this even a step further is your commitments over emotions because mm. logic can get weird, right? What's logical for you and what's logical sure. for me could be very, very different, right? If, and if we're in different countries or different cultures, logic is completely different. But if we decide, hey, I'm committed, like it sounds like you're really committed to helping other people and creating a powerful future for yourself where you can kind of live the life you want and money isn't an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Money is something that enhances it. So if that's one of your commitments, then it kind of makes the decision for you, right? Then it tells you you need to be investing or yep. putting money away versus spending it on frivolous things. And it, it does the same kind of thing. It takes the emotion out. It also, it also removes the logic because, I mean, you know, you have friends that say they're doing logical things that you're like, that is not logical. <laughs> um, it's, this brings us to like also a point here where we're, people are, as humans, we're really bad at looking, thinking about the future. Yeah. Horrible, right? The environment is like the most obvious example of that. But the fact that people don't have money for retirement is another example of it. Health, 
we're really good at keeping people alive for the last two years of their life, but we're really bad at having them be healthy for their whole life. Mm. We, it's kind of that we don't realize like there's a future out there. We can't like see it. It's too far. It's like removed from our minds, but you're really cognizant of it. Yeah. There's this one, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to describe this on an audio platform, but there's a chart that I think really sums up what, what you're getting at there quite well. And it's a chart with, um, and basically shows that over time, your memory of the actions you take decreases, but the impact that those actions have on your life increases. So it takes a long time for the things that you do today to show a real impact in your life. Say going to the gym. Like if you start going to the gym, you're not going to have like huge muscles tomorrow. Like it's going to take time. You're going to have to build up that endurance, that stamina over time. But then after a few years of consistently going to the gym, you're going to see some crazy results, but your memory of that event is going to fade. Like two years from now, you're not going to remember that you started going to the gym today. That's, that's not going to be the first thing on your mind. You're going to think, wow, what I'm doing today, now that you see the results, what you're doing at that point, you're going to associate that with the results you're getting. So a lot of times we have this disconnect between what we're doing today and not seeing results. And then when we do see results, we think the actions we're taking at that point are the things that got us there. But in reality, it was those things that we started doing way back when. So like now that my business has hit six figures, a lot of people will say, wow, what you're doing today must be working. But what I say to them is like, no, what I was doing two years ago, that was setting the foundation that was building up to what I'm doing today. It's not about what I did in the last six months. It's what I did in the last 24 months that that allowed me to get to this point. So I think it's really important for us to, to realize that like the, the things that are happening today are oftentimes uh, results of actions that we took years ago. And, and like you said, it's, it's really hard for a lot of people to conceptualize, conceptualize this because just the, it's been so long and our memory has faded so dramatically since we initially took those actions. Um, but, but a lot of times that's, that's the way it works out. That's really, <laughs> I don't, I don't definitely don't feel like I'm talking to a 20 year old. Um, <laughs> It's just very like insightful and very wise. Um, I've never actually even had it like put like that. You know, I think our memories are not accurate. They're, they're, it's actually scientifically proven that when we look back at what happened, we, it's just our, our perception or view yeah. of it. But you even talk, you're talking about it in a completely different way. How do you, how do you kind of teach people to shift that mindset? If you're aware of that and you're working with somebody or you're, you know, telling your friends or, or people through the podcast, how do you get them to actually change that so they can see that it's not about the right now because we do get distracted. We're like, Oh, I want to look like that guy. I'm going to do what he's doing right now. And that's not, you know, or I want to make the money that, that, you know, Apple's making someone do what he's doing right now. And your thing is that's not how you'll make the money. Yeah, that's a really good question and something that I'm definitely still working with because for me, working with people and, and teaching people is something that's still quite new to me. Um, I've, I've really only started really doubling down on that in the last like three or so months because prior to that, I've just been 100% focused on like honing my craft and getting myself to the place where like I feel like I'm actually ready to share what I've learned with other people because I see so many guys these days like they're 16 years old. They, they don't have a business, but they see Gary V um, posting on his Instagram and doing all these different things. So then they think, Oh, I need to be posting to all these different platforms. I need to be like recording Instagram stories, giving business advice when I have no business to speak of. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we have to take a step back and we have to think about where that person's at versus where we're at. And for, for most young people out there, cause that's the audience that I'm most, most comfortable or most familiar talking to. Um, what they really need to do is they really need to develop 
a valuable skill before they focus on all of these superfluous things like like posting to your Instagram or like building a personal brand. There are so many young guys out there that I see every single day trying to build a personal brand where there is no foundation. There's nothing behind what they're talking about. They're, they're giving business advice without a business. They're talking about how to um, succeed on social media when they're not doing that. So it's really important that before you go out there and teach other people, you take some time to really focus in on one thing that you want to be very good at. And you take some time, you like go into hibernation mode, you get off social media, you get off all these distractions and you just get really, really good at something. And for me, that thing was podcasting. I decided that I wanted to be really good at podcasting. So over the last 18 months, I've really focused on that. I figured out how to grow an audience. I figured out how to connect with big influencers. I figured out how to monetize that. And that was my main focus. Uh, a lot of times I was using social media a lot more than I should have been. Like now I, I'm, I'm very off of social media. Like I have, I don't have Instagram on my phone right now. Um, I'll, I'll download it like once or twice a week, maybe, but for the most part, I'm just disconnected because I really want to focus on honing my craft. And I just see a lot of other people out there thinking that if they're posting on social media, if they're doing 18,000 different things at once, that is where they're going to start to see results like these guys like Gary Vee and Grant Cardone that are telling them to, to do all this stuff and to post and to build their personal brand. But in reality, you have to get something behind that first. You have to build a valuable skill that the market is going to reward you for because entrepreneurship is solving problems. My definition of an entrepreneur is someone who solves problems. And when I went into it, I was with the mindset of like, let's try to make some money. But I soon realized that if I really wanted to, to do something big, I needed to start focusing on solving problems instead of focusing on making money. So my biggest thing, guys, if you're, if you're not able to conceptualize like how to get to where you want to get in the future, it's focus on building a valuable skill today. Okay. Go into hibernation mode, like turn all the distractions off and just really get good at something so that you can come out of hibernation mode. People are going to be like, whoa, this guy is crazy good at whatever skill you just mastered. And then you can just take over the market from there. So it's all about getting good at something because if you're focusing on all these distractions, you're never going to give yourself the time, the space, the, the ability to really, really hone that skill and hone that talent um, as you would if you just like disconnected and really went all in. It's really cool to hear you talk about that from that perspective. I, um, when I have clients, regardless of what business they're in or the business that they want to start. And often when I coach coaches, the things that off that come up on a regular basis is I need to get a website up and I, I need to, you know, have my Instagram and, and my Facebook and I need to be mm. posting and doing all this stuff. And I think we fall into that trap. Like I know if I don't, I mean, my, my podcast is very much driven by social media. Um, but it's, it is like, I remember when I started out, right. I was like, I got to get a website up. Nobody goes to my website. Nope. Like, unless, unless I have something out there that's then going to bring them to the website. Yeah. It's like, how would they find it? It's not like it's, you know, when you sign on to Google, it's just like pops me up, right. It's, <laughs> they'd have to know how to get there. And I, I love what you're saying about focus on the thing, build the foundation. So hone the skill, figure out what you're going to solve, figure out what your business really does, get good at it. Yeah. And then through that evolution, all those other things become apparent versus, you know, how many people do you know? I, I know a ton that stop because they're like, I don't know what my niche is. And it's like, who cares? You don't have any clients. Go work yeah. with anyone <laughs> just to figure out, you can figure out what it is. 
Yeah. I, I got two buddies who have made over $2 million in the last few months here. They're 19 and 21 years old um, over in Canada and they're absolutely crushing it. And their motto is get the money first. Okay. With anything that they do, their mindset is how do we get the money? So what they started with was social media marketing and they're like, all right, how do we get people's money? We need to be, we need to sell them. So they figured out sales skills first. They sold the people on the social media marketing that they had no idea how to do. They got the money first and then they went out there and figured out how to do the social media marketing. So a really valuable like sort of mindset that I sometimes implement is like, how do you get the money first? Like focus on the skill that gets you the money and then figure out the rest. Like don't make business cards. You don't need to build out your website. You need to figure out how to get the money. And then once you get the money, then you figure out the rest. All right. So what's the most challenging things for you? Like what gets right? Cause right now I'm like, dude, this kid is like Mario after he gets a star and a mushroom. Like you're just like invincible. How what's I'm like, do you, you know what Mario is, right? You're not too yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how, what's what gets in your way? What are the obstacles you face? Biggest one by far, by far is focus. And that's because I like growing up was just I was, I was the type of person that had the attention span of, of probably less than a goldfish. Like I was just bouncing around between so many different things. I was in like, I was in sports. I was in like all these different clubs. I was in boy Scouts. I was like doing all of these like, thousand different things at once for my entire life. And I couldn't sit down and focus on things. I couldn't like read a book. Like I was just everywhere. And that's something that's really carried over into where I'm at now. Focus is really, really difficult. And it's something that I am continuously working at every single day. And one of the biggest distractions for so many people, like I said, is, is social media and Instagram in particular was a huge, huge one for me. So I, I was getting sucked into my DMS for hours a day. I was posting on my Instagram story so frequently. It was crazy. And I really had to take a step back and realize like, what were the important things? And at one point it's, it's, it's crazy. I made a list of all the projects I was working on because I was just feeling so overwhelmed and I had 26 things on my plate and I was just floored. I was like, there's no way I'm doing any of these at a decent quality. Like I am spreading my time so thin between so many different things. I'm not giving myself the time to get good at stuff. And this was like uh, probably about 12, maybe 18 months ago that I realized I was this spread out. So at that point, I really decided that I was going to focus on three things and everything else was getting put on the side. Like I was not going to look at it. I was not going to focus on it. If it wasn't one of my top three things, I wasn't going to do it. So that was really, really big for me. And again, focus is still, is, is still something that I'm working at. Um, I have systems in place now to really keep me on track and, and to prevent me from sort of like looking off the sides. I've kind of got my blinders on now and I know what I want to do and I know how I'm going to do it. So now it's just about doing it. But focus is, is something. And again, I see so many other young people bouncing around between 18 different business models. They're like, oh, one week you have a Shopify store. The next week you're doing social media marketing. Then you're, then you're selling on Amazon. Then you're trying to start a podcast or a YouTube channel. And then you're, then you're an Instagram guru. Like there's people bouncing around between so many different things. Um, there's those course junkies out there that'll sign up for like a thousand programs, maybe make it like 3% through like two of them. So it, it, it's really, it's really tough because you can, you can succeed with anything. And that's sometimes the hardest thing is like, you can succeed with anything. People are seeing people succeed in all these different spaces and they're just getting this fear of missing out because they're like, oh, this dude's doing great in Shopify. Let's go over there. Oh wait, this guy's doing even better in podcasting. Let's go over here. And what you got to realize is like, you can succeed with any of those things, but you can't succeed with all of those things. Okay. So you need to pick one, pick one thing. 
and go all in on that thing. And how I generally talk to young people about this is like, do one thing for a season, okay? You don't have to commit to one thing for the rest of your life, but for the next like 30 to 90 days, go all in on one thing, okay? Learn a bunch, implement a bunch, learn some more, implement some more, and just keep going through that process on one thing, whether it's podcasting, YouTube, um, Amazon, anything that you think you might want to do, like pick a season, like start a season of podcasting and go all in on podcasting. And at the end of that season, figure out, okay, did I like this? Did I not? What was good? What was bad? Um, do I think I want to stick with this or do I not? And use that knowledge and use that experience to learn and, and move forward and find something else and then do another season of something else. And then over time, you're really going to hone in on what actually gets you fired up, what you're actually good at, where those circles overlap. And that's where the real like magic happens. But it, it, it all comes down to focus. Like with the seasons, like you are going all in for that season. You're not doing three different things in that season, you are going all in on one thing. So that's been the biggest obstacle for me. But again, um, I've got systems in place now to, to really keep the blinders on and to really make sure that I'm not getting distracted by all these, these shiny objects out there. It reminds me of when uh, I, I saw Gary Vee video a long time ago where he talks about when you're like around college age to out of college, like those first five years, use those five years and go crazy and like experiment. And what he means, it's not like, I don't mean like drugs experiment, but he's like, try everything, like try every business, explore, see what's out there, just fail, like fall right on your face. Cause it's going to be a lot easier, you know, up until 25, 26, 27, 28 than it is at 45, especially at 45. If you have like kids and a partner and people rely on you and whatnot, Uh, failure becomes a lot, a lot more risky. There's a lot more things on the line to lose. I love how you put it because at first I was listening to you and I'm like, man, but if people only try things for 60 or 90 days, you know, they'll get good, but they won't get that good. Nobody's going to become an expert or great at anything. And if they just keep quitting, they'll never become great at anything. But I love it. Mm. You're actually speaking to young people specifically when you say that you're not like, Hey, if you're 50, try something new every 60 or 90 days that, that might not be the best thing. Um, I love it as a focus for young people because I mean, I, I look, I, you know, in my life, I didn't, I've kind of done two things. I worked in restaurants and opened them and grew that. And then I became a coach and have a podcast and, and write, but I never really got to explore all the different possibilities out there because probably fear and not even realizing it was an option. So I love that you present that for young people. It's like, Hey, go play. and see what's available. And then you get to decide and you get to choose what you want to do. Yeah. Cause we have so much time and so many people feel like they have to get rushed into like one certain thing. And then partway down the line, they realize that wasn't the right thing. So I feel like we just got to take some time for ourselves and to figure out like what we want to do, because a lot of young people just don't have that real self-awareness to to even really know like what they want to be working on. So I think those seasons have have been really effective for the people that I've worked with, just seeing them like learn about themselves and learn about all these different things. What do you notice people get challenged by like the people that you're, you know, the people that you go to school with, the people that that you went to high school with, the ones that surround you that aren't going to school with you. Um, What do you think their biggest challenges are as, as you know, young people? I think it just comes down to really not thinking about the future because when I look around myself and when I go to class and I look around and I start conversations with people that I'm sitting next to, 
a lot of people are just living for today. And there's definitely a time and a place for that. And, and I totally see where they're coming from. Like as, as a young person, as a 19, 20, 21 year old, like you can really enjoy the moment. And, and I personally, there's, there's the balance that I have found between enjoying the moment, but also preparing for the future. And I, I feel like a lot of the people around me, and it just is, is very apparent to me that they are not finding that balance and that they are, are heavily, heavily outweighing the, the, the current to the future. So, and that's something that I'm still really trying to, to figure out a good, a good way to, to communicate with people about, because I've, I've seen a lot of people like in my family, especially who get to the age of, of 40 of 50 of 60 years old, and they have little to no retirement savings at all. I mean, they haven't been preparing for this. They, they weren't putting money aside every single month to a retirement account to prepare for the ability for them to retire someday and stop working. So now they're in this place where it's, it's, it's not a great situation for anyone involved because they're now having this realization that like, Oh shoot, I should have been preparing for this like years and decades ago. So it's, it's really, it's, it's tough to, to, to get a grasp on that early on because you, you aren't seeing the results of that. You aren't feeling that, that hurt of realizing that you are not in the financial position that you want it to be like flash forward, like 40 years down the road. So just not, not thinking about the future is something that, that is, is, is really affecting a lot, a lot of people around me. And I, again, I don't really have a good way to, to help people do that because for me, it's been, it's honestly been kind of natural to just think about my options and think about where I'm going in life. But a lot of people just don't share that same, that same sort of interest in, in the future and how things are going to shake out. What do you, so you're going to college, you have all, Mm -hmm. you, you have these businesses, you're working with young people. What is college adding to, you know, what you already have going on? Cause a lot of people would say like, why are you even going to school? Like, why not just go full bore into all these things that you're already having success in? Absolutely. And I get that question a lot. And really what I have to say to that is first, like what I'm trying to get out of college is 112%. It's the soft skills. It's not the hard skills. It's not anything that, that I'm going to learn um, in, in any like structured classroom environment. It's, it's about the relationships that I'm forming. It's about the people that I'm meeting because, and I was considering dropping out pretty seriously last year because I, I wanted to go all in on, on what I was doing in, in my businesses. And it, logically that might make more sense. But for me, I had to take a step back and realize what my goals were because like a year ago, I was putting in 12 to to maybe 14 hour days pretty consistently. I would say at least six days a week I was doing that, Um, working on my businesses, really just going all in on the things that I was passionate about. And I was, I was enjoying it. Like I was really enjoying it. That's, that's what I enjoy doing. But I then took a step back and and thought about what my goals were because prior to that, I'd really just been listening to these guys again, like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and just taking what they said at face value. They said, work hard, always be working, like just get as much done as you can, grind it out, hustle, all this stuff. And I was really embracing that to the max. And there was a point where I realized that my goal was not to become a billionaire. Like I don't want to become, like that's that's not what I want my future to be, at least right now, that's not my goal. My goal in life is to empower 100,000 young people to live a life that makes them feel both fulfilled and empowered 
every single day. Okay. I want people to wake up and feel freaking amazing about life. I want people to feel that same excitement that I feel every single day when my alarm goes off and I jump out of bed and I'm like, let's get after it. Like I want that feeling in as many people as I possibly can. And in order to do that, I need to be able to connect with people. I need to be able to have a conversation with someone and hear their story and see where I may be able to help them and where maybe they are having struggles. And if I become so one dimensional, if the only thing that I can talk about is, is business or entrepreneurship, then I am, I'm cutting myself off from my ability to relate with other people who aren't in that same space. I found myself getting so one dimensional that I couldn't hold down a conversation because I didn't watch um, Game of Thrones. I wasn't keeping up <laughs> with The Bachelor. Like I didn't have anything to talk with people about. Like I, I couldn't hold down a conversation for the life of me. Like I would meet someone out and I just, they didn't know anything about podcasting or entrepreneurship or, 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 or like any, any of the stuff that I knew about. And I just couldn't communicate with people. And that was really scary for me because once I realized that my goal was to help people to change their lives, I was like, man, I really can't do that if I can't even hold down a conversation with someone who, who isn't in the same place as me. So that really inspired me to, to really take what take as much as I could from this time that, that I have in college because I knew that there was never really going to be another structured environment that I could be in where I'd be surrounded with so many other people in my age group who were from so many different walks of life, doing so many different things, interested in so many different things that I could really go to and figure out how to connect with all these different people in all these different ways and really use that going forward to, to further my goals and, and help me connect with, with even more different types of people throughout my life. So that's, that's really why I'm in school. And, and honestly, school has been something that's come very naturally for me. Um, I, I've never really had to, to try that hard. I really don't devote much time at all to school at this point. I mean, I learn the things that I want to learn from my classes, but the rest, I just leave it. I, I mean, I'm not going to put in the extra couple hours a week to get the A in the class when I can get a B or a C pass the class, learn what I wanted to learn and be okay with it. So that's, that's really what I say to, to why am I still in school? I like the, what you just said, like, I'm going to get what I need to get from it in yeah. the sense of, you know, if you wanted to go to law school or you wanted to be a doctor or something, those grades would matter a lot. Oh yeah. And it's, but to do what you want to do, you know, as an entrepreneur to impact people, they don't matter that much. So it's, it's interesting to hear like, Hey, I'm not actually focused on the societal pressures or the pressures that parents put on us or whatnot to like get good grades or, or do what, you know, whatever it is, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to get what I need. I'm going to come yep. here. I'm going to take what I need. I'm going to grow. And then I'm going to bring it into this thing that I want to do. Yeah. Where do you, where do you see yourself, you know, as you go into the future, right? Like when you, when you're 50, you know, you probably won't be talking to, you know, 20 year olds anymore. You might. Um, but what do you see the evolution of Apple? Where do you see it going? You know, that's something that I've been trying to, or that I have been reflecting on a lot more lately, just because, naturally I'm someone who really doesn't plan that far out. Like when I travel, I buy one way tickets every single time. Like I am somebody who, who doesn't want to make a lot of plans ahead of time because I like to leave my opportunities open. I like to leave the door open in case something cool comes along that I can, that I can potentially take advantage of that or like find somebody else who could take advantage of it. So I, I, I personally don't put a whole lot of, of sort of like firm plans in place. But in the grand scheme of things, like I want to be someone who, 
who really empowers people. Um, I mean, I've gotten into public speaking largely thanks to my mom. She's, she's started her own business 10 years ago. She's a professional public speaker and, um, she's been extremely influential, um, to me on that, on that side of things. And that's something that I could really see myself doubling down on going forward. But the way I see it is, uh, I like to think about it as like, I'm building a house. Okay. I'm building a house and that house is my goal. And my goal is to empower a hundred thousand young people to live a life that makes them feel fulfilled and excited every single day. So that's the house that I want to build right now. The tools that I have at my disposal that are helping me build that house, um, my, my hammer and my screwdriver, are the podcast and public speaking because through the podcast, I can reach hundreds of thousands of young people through public speaking. I can connect with people on that deeper level. And right now, those are the two tools that are helping me build the house at this stage of the process. But as you build a house, you're going to need different tools. Okay. You're going to need to go back to the tool shed and find some better tools for, for different stages. Like if I need to chop some wood, um, I'm probably not gonna be able to do that with a hammer and a screwdriver. I'm going to need something else. So when I get to a point where uh, I find a better tool or, or I need a different tool for the, for the job that I'm doing or the, 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 the way that I'm moving towards my goal of building this house, I, I'm going to find a better tool for that. So that's, that's sort of how I think about my goal. And I mean, I might, I might finish building this house. I might finish executing on that goal. And then, and then I'll need to find a different house to build or, or an apartment <laughs> building to build or something else to build. But that's for now, I'm just focused on building that house and, and using the, the, the tools that I have at my disposal uh, and to do that in the best, in the most effective way possible. What do you know right now that you don't know? Like, oh, a lot of things. Like in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, I know very little. I, I, I'm the first to admit that. Like I, I mean, just looking outside right now, like I know nothing about trees or plants or biology or anything. Well, like I know <laughs> in regards to like what you need to know, right? Like not around, you know, sure, you might sure. not need to know a lot about <laughs> biology or trees, but what do you know right now? Like, you know, look, I know, I know that I know how to write a book, mm-hmm. but I know that I don't know like how to get my book published. I have ideas mm-hmm. on how to do that. And I have some people that are, you know, supporting me, but I kind of know that if I want a book published by a major publisher, there's some things that I need to learn and figure out. What do you know that you don't know? that's going to get you to like the next level. Yeah. So I know that I don't know how to get people really, really excited. I was just at uh, an event put on by the Hollis company, um, who, who is, it's run by Rachel Hollis and her husband, Dave, who I just had on my podcast and they're doing some crazy things, but I was just at one of their events, um, sort of like working a little bit, like with them in the background type stuff. And they had 4,000 women in this room and it was crazy how Rachel was able to get these women so fired up about life. I was just floored. I, I was I was so impressed by the way that they were they were saying all of her sayings back to her before she even said them. They were just so engaged with what she was saying. They were so excited to be there, excited to just like share that moment with each other, like just excited about life. Like I, I have no idea mm-hmm. how to get people that fired up in person, but that is something that I, when I see people who can do that well, I am just, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely impressed. I was at um, an event put on by ClickFunnels, um, I think beginning of, of 2019 in Nashville and Russell Brunson is really able to do this as well. Mm-hmm. So when I see people who can really get people, thousands of people in one room all extremely just excited and with them and, and, and moving in a single direction. That is something that I know I have no idea how to do, but 
once I can do that, that that's going to be a game changer. And that's, that's a skill that I, I really, really admire in people and something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to study or I am studying at the moment and really picking up um, as, as much as I can. But yeah, that's, that's really, that's really something that's on the radar. What about like, if we look at all of this in your personal life, cause we're talking a lot about like what you've done, you know, the successes you've had, the challenges, but you're mm-hmm. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Where do you get, you know, where are there obstacles and roadblocks like in your life with maybe family or dating or friends or, you know, what shows up and how do you, um, how do you kind of bring in all these philosophies that you have in business into those challenges? That's, that's a really good question. And that's something that I've, I've never really talked about that much in, in, in public or on a podcast before. Um, so yeah, I want to open up a little bit and the, the main, the main challenge that I have faced as of recently is I am in a long-term relationship right now. I have been in a relationship with this person since, um, junior year of high school. So we're coming up on probably like four years, which is, which is crazy. Um, in the grant, I mean, that's like a fifth of my life. So that's, that's a long time for me. And I've been in a relationship with this person for a long time. And, I have really been evaluating, especially a few months ago, I was really evaluating whether a relationship made the most sense for me right now, because I am someone who, who wants to go all in on the things that I'm all in on. And I don't want to be one foot in one foot out on anything. I, I really don't enjoy that feeling. If I'm like half doing work and half trying to spend time with family, it doesn't work well. I'm not productive and I don't feel like I'm really um, in the moment with my family. So I don't like doing things like that. And I kind of felt like that's where I was at with this relationship, which was really, really tough because I, I really, I really like this person. And, and yeah, I mean, we've been dating for a long time yeah. and, and we're in a pretty serious committed relationship. So that was, that's been a really big struggle for me over the last few months is just really coming to terms with like, is this right for me right now? Is this the, the, the right life choice for me right now? Do I want to continue with this? So that's, that's something that, that is really, really on my mind right now. And I, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. So what do you do? Like how you could, you said before, actually most of this podcast started with you sit around and observe. You're like a real keen observer trying to find the right answer, but there's no right answer here. This is a really cool piece. I'm glad I asked this and thanks for being (laughs) honest about it because you can't logically just make a decision about love or, I mean, you can logically make decisions about love or relationships, but those aren't logical brain decisions. Those are heart decisions. So what happens now that you can't use the tools that you've developed in this area that, that matters a lot in your life? Yeah, it's been a lot of, of uncomfortable conversations and just really being vulnerable, which is something that I'm not, I, I haven't made a point to, to, to really prioritize in my life. I've, I've always been someone who was really, I just don't talk with a lot of people about a lot of things. I'm really someone who, who likes to think about things on my own and, and starting difficult conversations is something that I'm, I'm definitely not extremely well trained in. So it's, it's been a lot of just being honest with people, which is, is really tough to do, especially when it's a situation that, that you are not, you haven't had any experience in and that you 
because I mean, this is the, this is the first like really serious relationship that I've ever been in. I mean, obviously there were like middle school, like relationships and like early in high school, but this is the first like real time I've, I've been through anything that, that resembles this in any way, shape or form. So it's, it's all very new territory, but just being as honest as possible with people has been something that's been really effective for me. And again, it's, it's definitely not easy. I mean, when you start the conversation of like, I don't know if this is what I want to be doing right now. <laughs> like that's a really hard conversation to start with someone who you, who really means a lot to you and who you've been spending your, your life with for years and years. And it's, it's, it's not easy stuff, but holding on to it for me was just, it was so much more painful. Like I just had all these feelings inside of myself and, and thoughts and, and ideas of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but when you just start opening up and, and start sharing that with the person, it, it, it hurts a lot at first, but it, it, it's going to resolve itself a lot better than if you just hold on to those things and, and you never, you never start that conversation to begin with. So my, I mean, my biggest thing is just, you, you got to start somewhere and you got to just share what you're feeling because if you don't, it's, it's not going to get better by just holding on to it. Yeah. Probably gets worse yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. from experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Like you do actually apply the same things. Um, it's that fearlessness. It's that bravery. It's that courage that has you try to start something, not knowing how you're going to achieve it, or are you even qualified or anything else? You're just like, I'm just going to start. And in yeah. that it's right. A lot of people would, well, I'm not going to say anything cause I need to figure out the right way to say it, or I need to figure out this. And there's nothing to figure out. It's to your point. It's like, you just kind of have to start talking and yeah, together you can figure it out, but you get, you really get to choose together through honesty and openness versus, well, I'm going to figure all this out and then I'm going to start. And exactly. Because really you can thing. get all these ideas in your head that, that have no base on reality. If you just stay in your head for so long, like I was just making up all this stuff that, that wasn't real, that didn't exist. And you, you sometimes just need that outside voice to, to come in with an outside perspective and really just be like, well, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. And then you can like get this stuff resolved without just like making up this whole story in your head that really has no basis in reality. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, being willing to share uh, a piece of your life that yeah, is a lot more you know, vulnerable. Um, what do you, you know, if you were outside of just the young people, if you were like speaking to everyone, What's the the biggest like mindset piece that you have that has you kind of keep going? You know, when you face challenges, when you don't know what to do, when you don't have the answer or like, you know, the podcast isn't getting the the audience you want or you're not getting the speaking gigs you want. What's that thing that you do to keep going forward and keep chasing after it? I really... I'm a very, like, like I said before, like I'm a, I'm a pretty logical, logical thinker. Like my brain kind of works in like, uh, it just like thinks about things very rationally and logically. And that's something that I really have gotten from my dad looking at, looking at him right now, just in life. Like he thinks about things very logically. He always takes the logical approach. And that's something that I really picked up from him. So I really just think about like, well, if I stop doing this, then what's going to happen. And if I keep doing this, what's going to happen. And I look at my goals and say, my goal is to empower a hundred thousand young people, which it is like, if I stop doing my podcast, is that going to bring me closer to my goal? No. So then I'm not going to do that. If I keep doing the podcast, will it bring me closer to my goal? Yes. Even if it's slow, more slowly than I thought, or even if it's in a different way than I thought, 
I really just look at my goals and then I come to a crossroads and then I'm like, which of these leads to my goal? And I take the one that leads to my goal. And I know that's not a thing that works for a lot of people because a lot of people operate not solely based on logic. And to that, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't have experience doing that because that's not how my brain functions. So, I mean, I could speak theoretically on what I think might work for you, but I mean, that's, that's the way my brain works. And that's the way that my decisions are made. It's, it's almost hundred percent logic based, which is something that, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that. I mean, there's, there's times where that really helps me make good decisions, um, in, in a shorter amount of time, but there's also times where that prevents me from taking into account a lot of other things, a lot of things like, like relationships or, or just like the other aspects of my life. So with that, it, it really, for me, it just, it just, it's very logic based. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really, that's, that's really what I do. What's the, what are the way, you know, are you, what are the best ways that people can like track you down, follow you if you, they want to see you talk or speak, um, social media, you know, all these things, how do they, how do people keep learning more from you or about you? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty much off of Instagram right now. I will get back to all my DMS eventually. Um, that's just at Apple Crider official Crider is spelled like cider with an R. So C R I D E R. Um, you could also check out um, my website, applecrater.com, or shoot me an email, apple at applecrater.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me, actually. And then um, if you guys want, I, I have a free um, training. I know we didn't talk much about podcasting, but if you guys want to learn how I was able to grow and scale my podcast um, to the place where it's at now, um, if you go to applecrater.com slash training, there's a completely free training that I put together. Um, if you guys do want to check that out. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, let's connect. That's awesome. Um, Apple, thanks for being here. Uh, I, I really appreciate the, first of all, I'm, I'm like blown away by the, you know, the wisdom, the vulnerability, the, just like the candor, the, the tone and like who you show up as. It's just not what you expect from most people in general. Uh, but really like, you know, I know that if you'd put me on a podcast when I was 20, yeah, I would have just been like all ego and it would just not, I would have just shown up kind of like, you know, look at me, look how great I am. And it's mm. really clear while you are the focus because you are the person giving all this, all this value and, and wisdom to people, it is really focused on them. So thanks for bringing that here, sharing it with my audience. Um, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm really impressed. Uh, it's really cool to know that there are people, you know, young people that are working really hard to improve themselves and improve the people around them. So really grateful for that. And, uh, for you. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. It's been a blast. Any, any, <laughs> I'm stoked. Any parting words? Oh, parting words. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, only, only thing I have to say is, um, a Jim Rohn quote that, that I, I really live by. And it's the quote is don't start today or don't start. Yeah. Don't start today until it's finished. And, um, basically how I, how I interpret that is like always, always, always plan everything, always plan your day before you execute on it, because you, you just, you get so much more done if you have a game plan going into your day. So um, I would advise each and every one of you listeners, like actionable little ending piece here, um, make a plan for tomorrow before it happens and then execute on that plan tomorrow. 
and watch yourself multiply your productivity. I love that. I think it's one of the best practices is like <laughs> either when you end your work day or before bed mm-hmm. to put down all the things, you know, whatever your system is, but put it all down for the next day. I think yep. it, not only does it help you sleep better because you like let all that stuff out and you don't have to like think, be thinking about it because you have it on paper, but yeah, you wake up and then you go to the plan and it's already there. So that's awesome. Thanks again for being here. Really appreciate you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube. And leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend. If you want more or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex, or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com or even email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Thank you.